Hey, everybody, and welcome to the pilot, the first ever edition of the Big Ass Turkey Legs podcast. I am your host, one of two. Uh, my name is Tall Paul Monahan, and uh, you are here with my good friend, good buddy, John Simonson Samo. Samo, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing tonight, Paul? Oh, man, I'm fantastic, man. I, it's so good to be able to sit down with, with good friends and talk Hawkeye sports. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I, I live in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So I'm just uh, just a, a 20-minute drive north of Iowa City. And Paul, you are a little farther south than that. Yeah, you know, you could say I live on the south side of Jacksonville, Florida. So I am uh, I'm a good solid 19-hour drive away from uh, the hollowed grounds of Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, just uh, just a little just a little farther away than I am, but uh, you know, hopefully you can uh, make it up here sometime soon, and uh, we can go to go to go to another game, my friend. Absolutely, you know, I don't think there's anything I enjoy more in life, except for maybe Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday is uh, pretty hard to beat, but you know, when we're talking about Hawkeye sports. And, uh, you know, going, going to football games, going to basketball games, we've done our share of that, you know, separately and together. Um, you know, it's, it's always, it's always a fun time, you know, and it's always fun to, you know, get together and talk with friends, but, you know, uh, you know, even strangers about, about, about Hawkeye sports, you know, and that, that's, uh, it, it's a, it's a way to bring people together and, you know, people have certain, uh, viewpoints, uh, about you know games and strategies and recruiting and uh this is a this is this platform kind of gives us a way to go over that together and you know kind of figure kind of figure out uh you know different ways that we would do it or you know different ideas that we have or you know just or just talk about what's going on so i'm looking forward to doing this yeah well you know I, this is definitely something i've been looking forward to do with you for a long time Really, this takes us back probably a solid 10 years. We, we've really been doing this without a microphone for about 10 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it be, you know, uh, over Facebook debates or, you know, over, over drinks, you know, phone, late night phone calls after we've had, you know, many drinks sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, it, it's, it's fun to be able to, you know, sit down and do this and get it out to the masses, you know, for however many or however few will listen to this, hopefully you all like it. And, uh, you know, you'll come back, you know, every time we, every time we do one of these. Absolutely. So Simo, um, I'd love for us to be able to talk a little bit about 2019 football. Uh, you know, okay. I thought it was a great season, honestly. Uh, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect coming in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I knew we had a, a, a great pair of bookend tackles, uh, mm-hmm. a, a returning senior quarterback and, uh, you know, uh, some unproven weapons on the outside, certainly, you know, breaking in different tight ends. And, uh, you know, there was that whole number 94 guy that we thought might be pretty good. And turns out he was. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he uh, what was he defensive player of the year in the Big Ten this year, this past year? I think he might have been. He might have been. He might have been. Yeah, he turned out to be pretty good. Uh, you know, AJ Epineza 
doesn't come around. A player of his caliber doesn't doesn't commit to Iowa very often. And we'll get into more a little bit about that later. Um, but it's it it was ni- it was nice to see that uh, the player lived up to the hype. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm not sure we've had a player that came in that highly touted, that uh, highly rated, and and like you said, absolutely. I, I in fact, I think he even exceeded expectations at times. At times, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so uh, and and you know. I, I was. What can you say about Keith Duncan, the uh, the Husker killer? Uh, well, I think Scott Frost uh, has a, c- a couple choice words for him next time he sees him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's 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 always it's always great. You know, a lot of people a lot of people make fun of kickers, uh, but it, it goes to show you, you know, in a clutch situation on the road, especially against against Nebraska, uh, what. What 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 a ice water ice cold water veins kicker can do for you? Definitely, and and you know I I definitely don't want to turn this into a kicker love fest, but well, I could do it all day. I mean, we got we got plenty of stories about <laughs> Iowa kickers. Maybe that'll be that's a topic for a different podcast. Absolutely, but I will say this: his season last year uh, rivals the best seasons. Uh, you know, going back to uh, Nate Cading. I mean, that it, it was a Cading like performance out of. Uh, Keith Duncan last season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then finished. Uh, what was it? Runner up to the the for the Grozo Award. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think a lot of those voters voted before the what was it? The SEC championship game or or the last game of the season that Georgia had, where uh, you know that that Blankenship was his name. Blankenship. Yeah. Hey, I think he he missed two or three kicks and and cost Georgia the game. Yeah, Georgia the game but it uh probably cost it cost him a spot in the uh in the college football playoff yeah so i'm i'm wondering if, if voters had to had the opportunity to go back and and uh recast that ballot if we wouldn't have had uh another national award winner of which kirk has had many 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 whether it be outland trophies uh maxwell award winners uh heisman runner-up right. uh you know uh Kirk Ferentz in his 21 years at Iowa has, you know, pr- produced a lot of, a lot of, uh, acclaimed football players, you know, winning, winning different awards, you know, going on to success at other levels. Um, he's, he's, he's produced quite a few players, uh, in his time and coaches and uh, coaches. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk came from the Hawkeye uh, for the Hayden Fry coaching tree and, He's uh, got his own big, big branch off, off, off of that. Absolutely, uh, in different areas too: uh, strength and conditioning, coordinator positions, uh, you uh, know, just a, uh, you tight had, end had coaches, one, things like that. Had, you had one that uh, became an NFL head coach. That's right. Yeah, Joe Philbin. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, just yeah, I, I think. It, for a guy who hasn't had uh, a lot of turnover on the staff, uh, he's definitely produced uh, his coaching tree in a different way than, you know, say Hayden Fry did where, you know, he had that amazing staff in 81, was it, with, with Stoops and, and Ference and Alvarez, Alvarez. and, uh, and uh, uh, Snyder. 
Yep. Yep. So not necessarily coaches on the staff, but, uh, you know, guys that uh, came through the Iowa program and, uh, you know, now they're, they're putting their marks, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, on other teams. So, you know, that's really fantastic. So, uh, absolutely. Um, but back, back to like the whole 2019, uh, what did you think of, uh, Nate Stanley's <laughs> impact on, on the season on the team? You know, I was really, really impressed with Nate. Uh, I thought he got better every year, which is, has kind of been a knock, uh, for quarterbacks under the Ferentz era. Um, you know, that guys that seem to stick, you know, uh, you know, hold on to the position for two to three years regress. I'm not really sure that that is the case, but, uh, you know, that that's definitely been out there. I thought, I really thought Nate got better, you know, uh, I think we could have seen even better production, better numbers, but that offensive line last year, um, uh, you know, due to injuries, uh, you know, when Alaric Jackson, yeah. And, uh, I think we were, you know, by the time we got to scooter playing guard, it was like, uh, you know, shot, uh, by the time, you know, we had Callen Berger playing both guard positions at one time, uh, you know, well, not, not at I one think, time, but I think Paulson, Paul, one of the Paulson twins was, was a starter for a while. Right. Yeah. And then next thing, you know, uh, you know, the, they're they're having to move Werfs over to left tackle, and they're they've got Kallenberger playing right. It, it, it was a rotation, you know. It was it was a lot of moving parts up front, um, and that's what led to what happened at Michigan uh, with with you know giving up all those sacks and everything. So I, I definitely don't blame Nate for the Michigan loss. Which, by the way, uh, that that Michigan game. I almost called that. And, and, you know, I hate to say this, you know, months after the fact, but um, I have a good friend of mine that I work with. He's from Michigan. And, uh, you know, I I told him before the game, I said, if Iowa has a chance to win, it's going to be a low scoring, ugly game because that's, that just seems to be the way Iowa wins when they play in Michigan. If, if the game is, you know, 14 to 14 to nine or something, I would say that Iowa has a real good chance of being the team with the 14. Uh, you know, if, if, if the game gets into the thirties, then, uh, then that's, that's Michigan's ball game. But, uh, you know, you don't see, you don't see Iowa get into a track meet with a lot of, blue, with a college football blue bloods and win, um, <laughs> you know, 55, 24. No, um, you're right. <laughs> but, but, but besides that, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, you know, it, it, Iowa's style, you know, with with the quote-unquote elite uh, of the college football uh, teams, uh, you know, the, the Iowa generally isn't going, going to have the most talent or the better talent. Uh, but they find ways to knock down, drag it out, slow the game down, and just, you know, just keep lulling them, lulling them to sleep. And then you get – lightning in a bottle on one play sometimes and that's all you need and then you know a, a great a great defense to to hold up their end of the bargain yeah. I, you know I, I think one of the the most brilliant things Iowa does uh, especially against all these fast-paced uh, spread offenses is they frustrate you not you know 
not from a defensive perspective, but when Iowa has the ball, you know, all the, these teams, they want to go fast. They want to be in rhythm. They want to wear out the other team's defense. And, you know, Iowa, on the other hand, you know, we're, we're going to huddle. Uh, we're going to use the play clock. We're going to do a lot of stuff. Uh, we asked a lot of the quarterback at the line of scrimmage to, to make calls. We're using the play clock. And, uh, you, you know, uh, I, I think Kirk feels like sometimes uh, a best defense is – is a good running game, slow it down offense. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a great strategy because, uh, you know, when you get into these track meet games, uh, it, that's really one of the advantages they're looking for is, is confusion for the defense, where to line up, who, you know, what is their assignment, especially at the college level. They don't, you know, these aren't pros. They don't have time to, to practice this stuff, but also, you know, it, it's a conditioning thing and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think another, another aspect of that is when you get, when you try to get in a track meet game with, with some of those teams, um, your skill position players sometimes don't have the speed or the agility as the defenders have, you know, mm-hmm. the, the breakaway speeds, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to, to juke somebody, um, you know, it's, it, it's really tough and that's, that's, you know, the re- recently that's changed a bit, but more so in the past, you know, you, you'd have a team like that maybe every four or five years, um, that, that could go toe to toe like that. Um, but, but the rest of the time, you know, Iowa is a developmental program to, to some extent, and it takes time to, to get some of those players to where they need to be, to where they can compete on that level consistently. I think that's a great point from you. And and I was going to say something along those lines. Like, you know, if you go back to 2002 and then uh, come straight forward to today, uh, during that time, uh, more years than not, I do believe Iowa has – top 10-ish talent on the roster every year. They, they are a top 10 frontline first team every year. They're, they're in that range. The problem is there is such a drop-off at times from that second and third guy because, it, uh, like you said, Iowa is a developmental program, and that is the difference between – uh, you know, having that 2002 like team, the the having uh, amazing great years and eight and four, nine and three, and a lot of that, you know, when, when you look at the the premier teams, your Alabamas, your LSU's, your Georgias, Ohio States, teams like that, you know, they run two, three deep. Iowa is one and a half deep. Yeah, you get uh, in, in some positions, you know, uh, tight end is, you know, is probably a position where, you know, we could withstand an injury or two and, and you might not see a huge drop off. But, you know, you start getting into, you know, had A.J. Epinesa gotten hurt. Well, Iowa does not have another A.J. Epinesa on the roster. Without a doubt. And, uh, you know, so that to me is really the difference between having, you know, uh, an elite team and having a really, really, really strong program, which Iowa has. And, uh, you know, when, when, when all the stars and the moons and the planets align and 
you know, the ball bounces our way and, and, and you know, we, we don't have to worry about airbag, you know. No, God, don't don't even bring that name up. <laughs> you know, when, when all of those things come together, you, you, you get a 2002, maybe you get a 2009 or a 2015. 2015. Yeah, absolutely. You know, back to your, back to your point about, you know, uh, you know, when you get to the third, the, the, you know, the, the third string, you know, a great, a great example of, of the haves and have nots is say, for example, Ohio state, we'll just use Ohio state as an example. Um, you know, you could have a guy that's his first two years at Ohio state. He's third string, his third, his junior year, he's starting for the Buckeyes. And in six months he's drafted in the NFL. You know, I mean, and that's just that, you know, it's not, it's not that that guy developed at a rapid rate, you know, from, from his sophomore year to his junior year, which I'm sure there's is development, but it just goes to show you the talent that they have just waiting that, you know, they don't, they don't, they, they can't use, you know, in 11, one of 11 spots in the first couple of years consistently. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you're talking about recruiting rankings, the, the four stars, the five stars, you know, when, when I see those rankings, to me, what, what I see isn't a, a, a guy's talent level. It's not how fast he runs a 40 or, or anything like that. To me, what they're really measuring is how ready are you to come in and play? You know, you're, you're five-star athletes. These are guys, these are guys that they look at and say, you know what, he – he's a sophomore he's in his sophomore year of college coming in as a freshman he, he's he's a year ahead of everybody else yeah you know i think that's fair and you know your four stars these are guys who are ready to come in and contribute right away but and, whether it be, whether it be backing up you know uh first you know a rotation guy absolutely and, and you know your, your three stars these are guys that i think you you, you reasonably hope to you know, get some special teams out of um, you know, you're, you're, you're slowly kind of moving them into roles. And then, you know, your two star guys are, well, they're fighting for roster spot. You know, they're, they're, they're fighting to keep their scholarship. Yeah. And in some, some cases it's hopefully, you know, in two, three years when someone graduates, can they slide into that position? Yeah. Um, but a lot of times, you know, some, some guys are just, you know, they're, 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 they're backups or they're special teams players. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely you know? not. Absolutely not. You know, and, and they contributed in, in, other, in other ways than, you know, start starting and being all big 10. Absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing is for, for those guys, uh, the odds are not really good that, you know, you're going to be playing on Sundays for those, you know, the, those overrated guys. Unless you've been under Kirk Ferentz for, for four years, because I am not sure there's another program in the country that takes those two and three star guys, these under the radar diamonds in the rough. There's all kinds of, you know, different things you could say, but no, I'm not the- sure there's a, a staff in the country that's taken more of those guys and, you know, turn them into NFL draft picks. Yeah. No. I think I think Kirk Ferentz leads the nation in uh, recruiting eight man quarterback, eight man football quarterbacks, <laughs> and and he has absolutely no plan on having them play quarterback. 
Absolutely not. So, uh, yeah. So, well, let's talk a little bit about 2020. Uh, what do you think is the best case scenario? Uh, what needs to happen for Iowa's best case scenario for 2020? I took a look at the schedule a little while ago and I, I would, Oof. yeah, yeah. Um, with the, I, I think the, the biggest, the, the best case scenario would have to be that Spencer Petrus steps right in right away and just takes command of the offense. And, and he's, he's clicking. He's, he's, he's in sync with the receivers, the tight end, the running backs, the line. I mean, He's been there. This is his second year. Is, is, is he? He's a he's a redshirt sophomore, correct? He's a yeah. This will be his third year. This is his third program. year. So, and look at look at a guy like Nate Stanley. He was a five year player. You know, redshirt sophomore when he first took over. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully Spencer, if, if Spencer Petras steps in and commands that offense the way that the staff and the rest of the team expects him to. I don't think, I, I think probably the big 10 West titles is, is, is right up there. Um, of course, Wisconsin's going to have something to say about that. Um, you know, Nebraska there, I, I still think they're not quite there. Um, Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to slide back a little bit this year. A little regress to the means for Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just i I remember watching the first game last year against South Dakota State, and they 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 forced a fumble on the goal line to to, to turn the ball over to so that and then they went down the field and scored and won. I mean, they were they were they almost lost to South Dakota State. Sure, sure. I remember in uh, two thousand and nine, Iowa needed to block two field goals to beat Northern Iowa. This is true. This is true. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not knocking, you know, our friends to the North, but I, I think there might be a slight regression, whether it be, you know, second, third place, maybe even lower. You never know with Lovey Smith and, and the Illini. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, never, you never, you can never count out Pat, Pat Fitzgerald over in Evanston. Absolutely. Um, he, he he does a lot of the things kind of the same way as Iowa, you know, where you know they're and they're a private school. It's harder it's harder to it's harder to get recruits in in Northwestern than it is to you know any other team in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Well, there's there's no other team in the Big Ten or Big Ten West at least that has a five star quarterback. So that's true, and they they have the um uh, does Northwestern have that uh, transfer from Clemson this year? Yeah, that's the five-star quarterback. Yeah, I can't. Also. His name escapes me. Uh, yeah. I'll have to look that up later. But, um, but yeah, it's it's it, it'll be interesting. Best case scenario, I think, could be you know, a nine and three, ten and two year. Um, boy, with this schedule, that that that's a that, tall order. But... That's a tall order, and that, that's why I think that could be best case best case scenario. Absolutely. Uh, worst case scenario, I think, could be. You know, it, it all depends. I think a lot of it does have to have to depend with the the COVID nineteen outbreak. Uh, you know, if, if if players get it, if when they get it, how long they have to uh, 
how long they have to quarantine for to make sure that they don't they don't spread it to anybody else. Um, you know, uh, I, I, the home field advantage at Kinnick plays a huge part. Um, is there going? Is there? Is it going to? Is it going to be? You know, a full house for games allowed? Is it going to be fifty percent? Is are there, is there going to be no fans allowed? You know, if Iowa State comes to Kinnick Stadium, what is that? The second week of September, and it's a night game, and there's no fans in the stands. You know, you you just lost that. You just lost that nighttime Kinnick magic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that and that uh, there's plenty of teams that understand that what what that is. You know, even if they've come out on 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 the winning side, it's it's taken. You know, Penn State last play of the game in, in a night game and knockdown dragout game. Um, you know, so I think worst case scenario, you know, it it could be you know Spencer Petrus doesn't doesn't fully grasp the offense. Uh, you know, we don't have you know. Uh, a defensive end that puts up half the numbers that AJ Epineza put up in the replacement. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, I mean, it could be, you know, uh, four and eight, five and seven, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I'm, I, I'm as, I'm as big a Hawkeye Homer as you're ever going to find. And no, no, no argument here, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I do, have some realistic thoughts from time to time. Uh, just don't ever ask me to fill out a, uh, you know, a, an NCA bracket when I was in it because you know they're going to win the national title every time. <laughs> every time, every even time. on your second and third and fourth, I mean, maybe on your fifth, you'll have a national runner-up. Yeah, no, still won't do it. I'll, I'll, I'll find a path for him. <laughs> I, I love that optimism about you, Paul. <laughs> I know you do, but I look at. 2020 I, I look at uh, that schedule and you know I'm no fans might be good thing for Iowa because you know you, you've got that Iowa Iowa State game which uh, you know that that'd have a very different feel without having fans uh, you know and, and then you know you follow that with a Friday night game. Iowa's first ever Friday night game, as far as I know. Up in the uh, Twin Cities, yeah. Up in Minnesota, you know. Uh, and then you've got, you know, your back-to-back road games against Penn State and Ohio State. If there were no fans or limited fans there, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> so, and you know, at least one of those games, at least one, is going to be a night game. It's just, it's going to happen. It's going to be yeah. the... One of those is going to be the the eight o'clock on ESPN. Uh, you know, the other one might be uh, the the noon feature game on Fox. I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know, one of them could be the the ABC game. Uh, the, I mean, especially if Iowa was undefeated at that point. So, I don't think I don't think uh, you know the the powers that be would put Iowa Penn State on ESPN two with Beth Mowens doing the doing the play by play. <laughs> yeah well you know uh yeah, stranger, yeah things happened. stranger things have definitely happened but you know not only is the schedule tough from that standpoint i look at the big 10 west this year and here's what i see nebraska is improving and and and, and you know they took us to the last play of the game last year uh you know now it was at their place but mm-hmm. still, you know uh, and, you know, we're going to play them 
you know, at a different time of year, we're used to having them, you know, the Black Friday game, the last game of the of the season. You know, now, now we're talking earlier in the season, pro- probably a little bit better weather. Uh, you know, I, I think they have talent on that team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, at Minnesota, tough game. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, that, that their Iowa's bugaboo. There may not be a more improved team from last year to, to this year than Purdue. Uh, I mean, they were yes. so injured last year. And there may not be a better wide receiving core in the country than what Purdue's going to bring. And Jeff Brom, he seems to be a, a, a really good coach. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm deathly afraid of what Purdue has coming. Uh, Northwestern, there's no the, – Pat Fitzgerald is too good a coach for them to to be as bad as they were. To go from to go from Big Ten West champs to just not, barely out of the gutter. Not, not even year. making a bowl game. You not know, even yeah. making a bowl game. So, yeah, what a difference a year can make. But that shows you just how important the quarterback position is, because you know, yeah. It, again, I think Northwestern's defense last year was one of the better teams in the conference. Yeah, uh, their their statistics were it, you wouldn't believe where they finished up, and, and to find out they only they only won four games. So, uh, you know, uh, and then Illinois, you know, again, Lovey, Lovey, Lovey's recruited well, uh, not you know spectacular, but uh, it's on know. the rise. His his recruiting's on the rise. I would and, say. And you know he's got some some big time transfers from from some big time schools, and and that's what you know he built his program on a lot last year. You know, so I think I think uh, not to get off subject, but I think I think it's 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 re- recently I, you know, before Lovey got there, it was it was extremely tough to get recruits, you know, mid level recruits mm-hmm. uh, to come to Champaign. Um, I think I think Lovey has brought some legitimacy to that program. Absolutely. And you know, saying you know, hey, I've I've co- I've been a head coach at two different stops in the NFL. That's right. Uh, I coached in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I coached in the I coached in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, if I had a better quarterback, I might have won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if, if you know if. if you know, Maybe. I think I think it's he's got a lot of the, the same thing that, that Kirk Ferentz has to an extent where, uh, from the aspect of, you know, hey, I've coached in the league. I know what it takes to put somebody into the league to get them prepared to do that. If you if that's your ultimate goal, I can see that in you. Let me help you get to your ultimate goal. Yeah. I you know, not not to digress here, but uh, for for Lovey Smith, he probably have a Super Bowl ring as a coach. If it wasn't for a guy who wore number twenty-one and was healthy for about twelve games of his NFL career, so one he, of them happened to be the, in the Super Bowl. Didn't he break a guy's leg? So, I that I don't know. I, I know. I mean, like I, I think in the Super Bowl, didn't he? It was either Cedric Benson or was it who was it? Thomas Jones. For some reason, I, I want to say like toward the end of the fourth quarter, he broke a guy's leg. That I I I don't recall that. I, I do know this that. Uh, you know, much like the his last uh, last game against Minnesota, I think he he caused two or three fumbles. 
Uh, I mean, it, it, uh, uh, at Iowa, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the human missile, Bob Sanders. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So he might be the best player to come out of the Ferentz era, and that's definitely for a different podcast. Ooh, yeah, that's 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 that that's a that's an entire podcast right there. So, yeah. You know, uh, I'm going to put Bob Sanders in the category. Uh, as, you know, we talked earlier. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. He's right there with Tony Baselli. Uh, at you know, as far as yeah, a, a first first ballot Hall of Famer, if if he could have stayed healthy. I mean, oh, one of without, the without most doubt. dominant players at their position uh, when healthy. Well, he won. He won. A, he won Defensive Player of the Year the year they won the Super. Was it the year they won the Super Bowl? Correct. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And how many games did he play? He didn't play a full schedule. Oh God, no. Uh, he, no, uh, twelve games maybe. I don't even think he played that many. I think he played three or four. Got hurt. Uh, I think he was back for a couple, and then he he came back uh, in the playoffs that uh, that Chiefs game. And uh, if I recall, like. The Chiefs that year uh, were like the, the the leading team in rushing in the NFL, and they they couldn't run the ball the against the Colts team that was letting everybody run the ball. Uh, Bob came back and and just like what happened when he stepped foot on campus, it was it was as Kirk tells the story it was like their big brother showed up and uh you know the, he he changed everything about that Colts defense he changed everything about the Iowa defense and uh it was without Bob Sanders there's no bullies of the Big 10 agreed agreed so so so, so let's wrap this up best case scenario <laughs> Uh, for Iowa, I'm say, I'll, I'll I'll go out on a on a limb and I'll say ten and two. Uh, worst case scenario, uh, it would be pretty bleak to go four and eight. So I'll say I'll say five and seven. Even though I'm I don't like that either. Yeah, I'm 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 really close to where you are. I think a best case scenario. Uh, let's let's assume. Iowa, you know, let's assume there's fans in the stands and, and let's give this as, uh, uh, as great a spin on this as I can. Iowa beats Iowa State. Uh, Iowa, uh, you know, takes out Illinois. Do they get, the, they get a nail-biter in against Northern Illinois? No, I think Iowa handles them just fine. And <laughs> all, all their best defensive players are now at Iowa. That's true. <laughs> um, and you know how Kirk loves his Mac level players. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, like guys like Desmond King, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do think their best case scenario with the schedule they have, let's say they split Ohio state and Penn state. They find a way to somehow win one of those games. Okay. <laughs> I think they can get to nine wins by splitting one of those games. So who do you think their other two losses are? Wisconsin? Well, you know, until we beat them, mm. you know. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, 
Like, and there's always that game. There's always that game that you that they lose. It seems like that they shouldn't lose. Absolutely, and you know, for a lot of Iowa fans, they may think, and, and, and we always we know, no matter how good or bad Northwestern is, they're pesky. I they 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 they're a lot like Iowa State, where you know you you can always tell there's a little something extra in the tank for Iowa. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped the Purdue game, the Northwestern game at Minnesota. Uh, you know, uh, again, that that's coming off a rivalry game and in a short week on the yeah, road. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it's almost as if Minnesota, like, yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe there's an exchange behind the scenes with the Big Ten schedule makers, but you know, uh, oh, the you know, coming off. You know their their main rival. Now they have to play back to back rivalry games on a short week. Like that that just doesn't happen. No, but I mean so. you get you look, you look up and down that Big Ten schedule, or just the schedule in general. What we got four trophy games. Yeah, yeah. So I mean it's it seems like almost every other every almost every other week there's gonna there's gonna be some sort of a rivalry game anyway. Yeah, you know. If there is one positive, and, and this would not be the year to have, uh, you know, the fans not be able to go to games, but, you know, th- this is the year where, you know, you, you get Nebraska at home, Wisconsin at home. I Iowa State at home. Iowa State at home. Northern Iowa at home. Right. But but I'm, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about your, your annual games where they go back and forth. Uh, you know, <laughs> That that's kind of a big deal, be, you know. That you know the even years Iowa really has to make hay, having these uh, having most of their their big rivalry games at home. Yeah, taking taking advantage of the home field of the, the home field is is a must um, yeah. in, in in any season. But I think this year to set a, to set a tone early, uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's. It's it's imperative. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's our you know I I think nine and three is probably a best case scenario. When I look at the worst case scenario, so I mean we we haven't really seen anything out of Spencer Petrus yet. Uh, God forbid something happens to him, and you know, we're, we're probably looking at Deuce Hogan. We're we're throwing the true freshman in the mix and. Uh, there's been no, you know, there was no spring ball. I think we're, we're looking at a shortened camp period. Uh, good Lord. This could, uh, things could go sideways in a hurry. Uh, defensively, I think we're going to be strong. We're always, you know, we're always strong defensively. And I do think a lot of that has to do with our offense. I, I, you know, I do think there's weapons. Uh, I I think we have more weapons on the outside than we've probably ever had. I'm not even sure Marvin McNutt would be a starter on this team with the weapons we have on the outside right now. Marvin McNutt might have to go back and play quarterback. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, and then he's probably – the best receiver one of he, he's in the top three of the Ferentz era. And I'm not sure he, he finds a starting role on this team. Yeah. So yeah, that, it, it, it'd be tough. It would be tough. Uh, but I do think a, a worst case scenario here, 
and 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 by the way, you know, with 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 all of the things that have been going on off the field, and and I really didn't want to get into that. You you could see a situation where if things start to go sideways, and the media and and the fans start, you know, really bringing really bringing down the heat, this thing could it could go off the rails uh, in, in a way that we haven't seen since 1999 or 2000 yeah. so yeah and let's not forget um iowa is still being is under an investigation by an independent firm right so i mean if if, if we're really getting into i don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole um but worst case scenario if we're sitting here talking four and eight five and seven if we're talking the nuclear option this could get ugly real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, like we said, uh, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, if, if, if you're here and, and you know, if you feel like you want to talk about that off the field stuff, this probably isn't the podcast for you. Uh, we're going to try to keep it on the field and on the, court and on the mat and with on the court i think it's time that we uh we transition a little bit to basketball let's talk some hoopy ball because uh, this might be the most anticipated season in, in hawkeye basketball since 83 Ooh. wow uh possibly anticipation yes yeah it very well could be uh, you got the return of, you know, Jordan Bohannon, mm-hmm. hopefully a healthy Jordan Bohannon, CJ Frederick. Uh, and then there's there's a there's a there's a there's a six foot eleven guy that we're still waiting to hear from. Uh, who is who would that be? Uh, that would be the uh, according to one service, the the uh, the national player of the year, and um, the Big Ten with uh, unanimous player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Luca Garza. Oh, tell me more about him. Well, let me let me. If if, if you're new, if you're new to Iowa basketball, uh, Luca Garza came in from Washington D.C. as a decent recruit. Uh, has worked his way over three years, and last year he broke out in a big way. Um, was the was the Big Ten Player of the Year? Averaged over twenty five points a game, uh, and just. Everybody knew that Garza had something special, but I don't think anybody saw coming what what he, what he did last year. What do you think led to his almost meteoric rise? Uh, you know, his 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 dad is his biggest fan, and his his dad was a was a basketball player of his own right, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the summer, he would go do these workouts. And he would learn all these different moves. He and he's such a student of the game. You listen to him talk, and you know he he studies all the big men from all the, you know the back to the back to the fifties and sixties. You know with footwork and moves and shot selection, um, different different types of shots. Um, you know he's 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 not he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna beat anybody you know in a in the hundred yard dash. But I don't think I, I think it's I think it's safe to say 
that nobody's nobody's going to prepare harder than Luca Garza, and that and that's what got him to where he was last year. And you know, you're right. He probably isn't going to beat a lot of guys in a hundred yard dash. I've seen him beat a lot of guys in a ninety foot dash, though. I've seen him be the first man down the court. Absolutely. And uh, and I, I, I maybe maybe I maybe I was being a little unfair, a little unfair there to Luca, but uh, you know the first the first first year or two, um. You know, he, he wasn't he wasn't the most fleet of foot. You know, right before his sophomore year, he had he had that what twelve pound tumor removed from his stomach. I was you know, I was gonna bring that up and I'm glad you did. Because yeah, I was gonna say, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not so sure that uh he, he you know, medically speaking, you know, he wasn't right. And uh I think that's what we saw with Jordan Bohannon too. Yeah. And uh Boy, uh, what do you think the the Bohannon effect could be for this year? I mean, what 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 do you think we could see out of a guy who, uh, you know, a, he did play in a few games early in the season, played this ten games. Yep, yeah, and uh, I'm not, you know, is is he a is he a guy that is he going to be a role player? Could he be the sixth man? Could he? Could he be the guy that comes off the bench? Uh, I mean, who who do you take out of the starting lineup right now for Jordan Bohannon? Who do you put in the starting lineup that's putting Jordan Bohannon on the bench? That's my question. Uh, I, I honestly think Jordan. I think I think the, the key last year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move off the topic of Luca Garza for a second. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest benefactor of Jordan Bohannon in the starting lineup would be Joe Wieskamp. Absolutely would. Absolutely um, would. You'd see Joe struggle at times last year with his shot, um, really get taken out of the game. Um, Fred, and C.J. Frederick did a fantastic job. Um, but with, with, Joe, with Joe Toussaint running the point at, at times, it was easy to have one guy just – Maybe your best defender, um, just shadow uh, Joe Wieskamp. Forget shadowing. Grab, oh, clutch, that, hold, that guy, tackle. That guy was mauled more t- more times than uh, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, w- I was going to make a Tiger King reference, but I'm not even going to go there. So, but um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think that with Joe Toussaint, he was he was a freshman put in a position that he wasn't expected to be in. And mm-hmm. he wasn't fully developed to the point that he was at the level of a Big Ten starting point guard. And but I mean that 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 kid can fly, flat out fly. Absolutely. But his decision making wasn't the best at times last year. And I think if he if he had more time to sit back and observe the game. Um, and let it come to him, um, you know, it would, it would have benefited him. Um, but with Jordan Bohannon gone, he didn't, he didn't have that luxury. Now with, if you have Jordan Bohannon in the lineup this year, um, Jordan Bohannon has the ability to, to pass, to shoot, uh, to dribble. Um, he can, he's, he's, he's a fifth year senior. He's a, he's a big 10, you know, first, second, third team point guard. Absolutely. 
And he's definitely the guy you want at the free throw line in any clutch situation. Uh, he's the he's so. the guy I want at the free throw line. He's he's the guy. I mean, if we if we need a if we need a big basket down the stretch, the, it, it, there's one of two guys in this team right now that I say I would trust with the ball in their hands. One would be Garza, and the other one would be Bohannon. And Absolutely. and if Bohannon is 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 in the, is in the lineup. It opens up the it opens up the floor for every other player, and you know, CJ Frederick shot damn near fifty percent from three pointer last year. Absolutely, and you'd still rather see Bohannon with the ball, with the clock winding down, and a chance to uh, a chance to bury somebody. Right? Absolutely, and then and with Bohannon with Bohannon being back, and hopefully Luca Garza. The biggest benefactor of those two on the floor is going to be Joe Wieskamp, and Joe Wieskamp can finally can finally roam the floors, come off screens, uh, turn and shoot, you know, take a take a guy off the dribble to the basket. Um, the stuff yeah. that we saw in his first year in Iowa City. Uh, Absolutely. Well, and you know, there Tyler Cook, Tyler Cook was on that team, and uh, you know he he drew a lot of attention, a lot of eyeballs to him. Absolutely. And. Uh, you know th- that helped give uh, Weezy a little more uh, freedom of movement last year. You know, if Weezcamp had been assaulted any worse, you'd have swore he was a kid at Epstein Island. You know, I oh, mean, oh, was... oh. <laughs> yikes! <laughs> yeah, that, sorry that that might have been a little over the top. That, right? that, that, but we're we're trying to keep it somewhat PG thirteen here, Paul. <laughs> kids if you're still listening to this and i don't know why you would be but if you are uh do not google epstein island uh it's just a bad idea yeah moving so, on moving on all right so um yeah i mean I, I love what we've what we've had to say about uh you know the the basketball team and and the roster again you know fran mccaffrey uh, I'm not sure he he's been given the credit he deserves because he's he's been the best coach we've had since Dr. Tom. Now he hasn't had the results Dr. Tom had, but this is a different era. Uh, I don't you know in, in Dr. Tom's days, mid majors were mid majors. Nowadays, mid majors are there. A lot of them are better than than the Power Five teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you look at you look at your Dayton's of last year. Um, you know, Butler's always in the mix. Gonzaga, um, you mm-hmm. know, since seems like the year two thousand, it's it's hard it's hard to call them a mid major because they go out and play the non conference schedule. You know, as you know, as as tough as any other any other blue blood in America. Um, Who can forget Northern Iowa against Kansas? Yeah, uh, hey, yeah. you know, I mean, nine times out of ten, you know. Kansas wins that game, but but Northern Northern Iowa came in on a mission that night. Faroq uh, the stroke instead of dribbling instead That's of dribbling right. the ball out decided decided to decided to decided to pull up for a three, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, you know, in in, in Doctor Tom's day, uh, Iowa would play a Alcorn State or or you know uh, some some mid major team and and absolutely name the score, you know, uh, it we could just run them right out of the gym. Nowadays, that that's 
that's not always the case. No, absolutely not. You look at uh, look at the Paul last year who came in caught lightning in a bottle the first month and a half of the season. And I I, I still I think there's I think there's still draining threes, you know, from from from, from the from the west side of Chicago right now, and, and you know all the way to Carver. Yeah, and then what was that the the team from California Iowa played? Uh, they they were top five for for a part. Of oh, the uh, San Diego, San Diego State, San Diego, San Diego State. Yeah, yeah. because they, they, they yeah they you beat know. they beat Texas Tech the the reigning national the reigning national runner up. And then right. uh, the very next night had to play uh, played San Diego State, and, I, and I Iowa hung tough with San Diego State for the first half, and then wow, they they were a good team. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm pretty sure San Diego State was the last remaining undefeated team in the country. They eventually did end up losing a game. Yes, but I feel like they they were, were the last undefeated team. Were yes, last, you're correct. Yeah, so. And then, by the way, Iowa was not the only good team they they beat, uh, played and beat in their non conference. So it wasn't no, like uh, no San Diego State. It wasn't like they they struck gold. San Diego State plays a lot of plays a lot of uh, high level Division One talent or Power Five, if you will, talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they don't they don't go out and you know play one ranked team and get a national player of the year. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, as we look at 2020, man, I, and, and, you know, we, we, the schedule was just recently released, uh, you know, for, for basketball. Uh-huh. And like you said, you know, I've, I've seen them as high as definitely, you know, top five preseason, the, the expectations for Iowa basketball this year are, you know, as high as I've ever seen them. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I there. There's talk of you know, um, there's there's there are outlets that already already have Luca Garza as the preseason player of the year, and he hasn't even decided if he's you know coming back to Iowa. I think uh, you know, the longer this goes, the more likely he is to return. Uh, I think if he was going to leave, he probably would have made that announcement by now. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, yeah, basketball, I, I almost don't even care about the schedule. And, you know, if we, we look at the the potential of having fans, not having fans, you know, uh, if, if there's a sport where the fans have more of a, uh, input in, on the outcome, you know, if, if, if an effect on the outcome, I'm not sure that, I mean, college basketball, but between momentum and if you don't think the crowd can't get home calls with officials, uh, you know, if, if there's reduced capacity or, or no fans for college basketball this year, I, I, I don't know. With the talent Iowa has, I really do think the sky is the limit. When I think best case scenario for Iowa this year, it's Final Four. It is Final Four. There's so many weapons inside, outside. Uh, you know, such a mix of guys. You know, um, but between having you know a Luca Garza, uh, having a Wees Camp, having a Bohannon, 
just so many different weapons. I really, really love the makeup of the team. And, and I, I think they're going to be able to do exactly what Fran wants to do, play fast. Uh, so I think a, a, a best case scenario for Iowa 2020 uh, and, you know, it, it, it's final four. And, you know, if shots are falling there, you know, worst case you, you might You might actually win an NCAA bracket this year, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, 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 I'd love to see what the draw will be, but uh, in in a worst case scenario, I think the floor for this team, e- even if the worst should happen, and you know, let let's say Luca goes, mm-hmm. well, or maybe gets injured and and has to miss time, or, or you know, you know, isn't able to finish out. Uh, you know, the tournament. I still see this as a, a sweet 16 team without Luca Garza because of, yeah, they're going to be able to play, you know, who, who do you, you know, who, who do you stop? Uh, this is a team that I think has a lot of different parts that, that know their roles. They've, for the most part have played together a lot of them for two to three years. It, it's an experienced team. You don't get that a lot in college basketball, but not only is it an experienced team, it's a talented team. Yes. So uh, for my, my, my best case is final four with, you know, perhaps, perhaps, you know, a, a cherry on the top, maybe not. And I think a worst case scenario for this team, that this should be a sweet 16 team. How do you feel? I, I'm right there with you on best case scenario. Um, I, I think you know with with the talent that I, I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to say that I I fully think that Luca Garza is coming back to Iowa. Um, so my my best case scenario and worst case scenario is going to involve Luca Garza being on the team. Uh, best case scenario, I, I I'd say, you know, hey, you get to that elite eight, you win a game. You get to the final four, and I'm not. I I don't know what happens from there, um, but hopefully, like you said, hopefully it ends in a national championship. Uh, worst case scenario, Fran might have too many. He I remember a couple of years ago he was like, I, "This is the deepest team I've had since I've been here," and they fell flat in fe- in February. Um, I I just I I don't know. Worst case scenario wise. If if you have enough playing time for everybody, and it, and I don't want them to force playing time, just for the just for the sake of getting people playing time, you know, if, if if he, I think if Fran tries to go with you know eight nine, well maybe no, I'm sorry nine ten eleven guys, he's gonna have a problem. Um, and if that's if that's the case, I I could see Iowa, you know, being. Middle of the Big Ten, you know, at, at you know finishing six, seven, eight, and getting a you know one of those dreaded nine or ten seeds in the in the NCAA tournament, and they could be out first weekend. Um, I think that's the absolute worst case scenario. I don't I don't think that's going to happen, um, but I think it, it 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 could be a possibility. You know, and you never know with injuries. Um, you know, all it takes is you know Bohannon to get hip checked again, and he could be out the season uh you know does patrick mccaffrey come back healthy you know putting on putting on some weight 
um, do the do the Mur- the Murray twins do does their does their time at the the academy in Florida, you know, one year away from high school, um, does that translate into being able to knock down the threes like we we've, we've all heard that they can do now? Um, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. both what six seven six eight, um, that's, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a tweener position. Um, you know, you're not you're 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 you know you're little kind of on the big side for a for a small forward and you're not quite tall enough to be a power forward um you know can if if they if they could knock down you know those 15 to 20 foot jump shots you know and then and then work their way inside also hopefully you know their their game translates um there's there's a lot of what ifs but i i i'm not really i'm not really hung up on those right now i'd like i'd like to see a little bit more um you know you know you know coming up in the next few months Absolutely. Well, uh, Simon, I think we really ought to start putting a bow on this thing. We're, we're, uh, you know, we're a solid hour in, which is really fantastic. But, uh, you know, if we still have anybody left listening to us at this point, uh, then, you know, hopefully you guys come back, you know, next week, you know, we're going to have, uh, some, some different features. We're going to be, be able to talk a little bit more, uh, I, I love to get into a little wrestling talk because, you know, I'm I'm a big time uh, big time Hawkeye wrestler. Absolutely, and, yep, I know that, Paul. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I, I definitely want to be able to talk about that a little bit. We don't want to leave anything out. Uh, you know, I, I even you know I'm such a degenerate. You know, I love me some uh, women's basketball. I think coach Bluter is amazing. So oh, absolutely. And uh, we didn't even, even talked about the Hawkeye baseball team. You know, they didn't get a chance to even really finish their season and they're, they, they were trending right? in the right direction. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure. Did they even, they barely even got started. Yeah. They got about a month in maybe about a month and yeah. that, that was about it. So, uh, there's definitely a lot of stuff for us to get to. And, uh, luckily for us, we now have a platform to do that. And, uh, we, we definitely look forward to bringing you guys a lot of, uh, Hawkeye talk every week. Uh, we, we thank you for hanging in with us this long. And, oh, uh, uh, before we go, Paul, um, I have, I have one piece of recruiting news that I, uh, I saw this afternoon. What would that be? Oh, um, we have an offer out. For a class of 2025 player, football, football, basketball. football, 2025. 2025. Yes. Um, How special must this? Well, kid be? his last name is Epineza. If that says anything. Oh, yes, my. I Ios Epineza, class of 2025 prospect. Uh, I saw today has been officially extended a scholarship offer to Iowa. And and you'll have to forgive me. I, I I was so excited I jotted it down and when I came racing I came racing to do this podcast with you, I didn't even look to see what position he played. But oh, I, I'm assuming it's 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 a it's a line position of some sort. If I'm not mistaken, we have another Epinesa uh committed uh, coming in this year as a as a safety this or? year or is it 2021 i don't remember but yeah we do we do we definitely have we definitely have the the, 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 the brother right below aj committed to iowa right. yes that's correct and uh i think i remember hearing aj say that the the youngest brother the one that that just got this the offer from iowa is 
the the most athletic of of all of them. Watch so. out, Big Ten linemen and quarterbacks. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Hopefully, Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Epi sends them over. You know, sends them over to Iowa City, and and uh, you know, I, 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 we'd love to see AJ two point or something even better. But uh, all right, sir. Well. Uh, I think it's been a, a fantastic pilot episode and I cannot wait for us to get to be- get together again next week. Um, we're definitely going to get to some of these uh, special features, special uh, stories that we've got planned. Uh, we have some, some aw- awesome guests lined up uh, for future podcasts. Too, Great. So. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, um, do you uh, give any final um, Yeah. If you, if you liked our podcast, give us a like. Um, if, if you, if you want to interact with us, tell us, you know, things you like, things you didn't like, things you maybe want to hear coming up in the future. Um, um, you can reach, you can find me on Twitter at John Simonson, 1980. That's J O N S I M O N S E N one nine eight zero. Paul, how can, uh, how can people find you? I'd rather they didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if, if you guys are listening to this podcast and, uh, uh, you know, you can always reply to the link that we're going to put out there. And, you know, like someone said, we would definitely love to, to hear your feedback. What was good? What wasn't? And uh, we'll try to do better. next. Absolutely. Time. Uh, in the meantime, yeah. Uh, give us a, uh, you know, like, you know, like our, like our podcast. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you can get notifications as soon as we get, we have, we have them uh, uploaded next time. Um, and uh, I think that's all I got for you this week, Paul. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much. Have a great night, Simo. Have a great, uh, great day, everybody. And we will uh, talk to you soon. This was again, the pilot episode of big ass, big ass Herky legs. Get your big ass Hercules. That's right. That's right, buddy. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really, really appreciate it. And go, go, go Hawks. Hawks.